Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball with me, Joe, and Sam, as usual. Um, and this time we're going to try and do a preview of like the Western Conference contenders. Aren't we like we did for the Eastern Conference last time? Yeah, uh, but perhaps not quite as erratic as that one. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was too bad, was it? In the end, now it was, it was a little bit jumpy, and we got towards the end of the time and just started like leaping between. Oh yeah, because we needed to talk ah. about some teams and just did like two minutes. On, yeah, on like the heat or something. Um, but yeah, so there's probably too many Western Conference contenders to be honest for us to do all of them. But uh, in a way, I think also it depends what you have. If you're talking about contenders, as in like who's going to come out of the West? Maybe not. Maybe there's oh, actually yeah, maybe none. Not. Maybe there's, Maybe there's yeah, barely any because I, I think the East is really open, yeah. And the West I don't think is very open. I think it's like Lakers, Gap, Clippers, Nuggets, Gap, and then it's everyone's just bunched up. Yeah. Anyway, should we start with the Lakers? The Lakers. Okay, we're starting the Lakers, are we? Yeah. All right. They're the champions. Yeah, and they're probably going to be the champions again. Yeah, is that your analysis finished? Pretty much. I mean, they, they basically, they they went into this off season with Anthony Davis pretending he was a free agent. They signed him to a max contract for five years. They extended LeBron James. They got Mark Gasol, who is definitely better than Dwight Howard and Javale McGee. Um, and then they got the winner of Sixth Man of the Year and the runner-up of Sixth Man of the Year. And they got Wesley Matthews. Yeah, so they basically just made themselves better. Haven't they? Yeah. Um, in quite a lot of positions, quite a lot of ways, and yeah. To be honest, I don't know where the weaknesses reasonably are. Reasonably comfortably won the championship as well this last year, so you sort of feel like, given they've improved even more, you wouldn't want to bet the, against them. The only thing, yeah, basically, and the other thing with them is if you're betting against them, your main your main thing I think you have to be leaning on is LeBron suddenly gets old or gets injured. And we've done this for like years and years at the start of every season is someone says, Oh yeah, well what if he's now rubbish and old and then he's not. And then he he nearly wins MVP. Yeah. Yeah. He will be worse, but um, their team's actually got better. So it's like, I think he can even drop off a little bit Yeah, and they will still be the best team in the West. Um, and Anthony Davis is not going to get worse. Him being injured is actually a bigger risk than LeBron. He's got a bit of an injury history. Yeah. The the one thing with their off-season moves is the Montrezl Harrell thing, which I, I think we might have talked about a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah, and, maybe. Um, that, I don't really like that that much. Although the fact they got Gasol as well since then um, makes a bit more sense. It's because I think like, for like basically they just need a defender. If they want centres, obviously, well, the amount of centres they've got, um, you assume just so Davis can play the four a lot. And you feel like they don't really need more offence, particularly. or Which is all Har- Harold can do, really. He's not a good defender. Yeah, I mean, there's the clutch element with that, which is obviously huge. 
um, which doesn't make it a good on-court signing, but that is perhaps part of the reason that he has switched LA teams. And I wonder if part of the reason the Lakers wanted him so much was because, as has been reported, the Clippers really didn't think that was happening. Like, it took me by surprise when I got the notification. And by the sounds of it, it took all the Clippers players by surprise as well. They didn't think he was yeah. leaving for the Lakers. So I think that sort of messing about is maybe part of it. Yeah. Although, actually, I don't know uh, if we want to talk, we might want to talk about Lakers anymore, but um, that is, there's quite a good link here, actually, with the Harold signing. Something I was reading earlier um, about apparently, well, that a lot of people probably already know, but um, that he fell out with George, Paul George. But they yeah, big time. They didn't really get on. Um, so there's also maybe the thing of the Clippers, like, you know, sort of happy to get rid of him. Well, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, and they have then brought in Sergio Backer to replace him, who is a better fit with the Clippers. And he was mates with Kawhi when he was in Toronto. Yeah, I like that move. Um, but also, yeah, with the with the Montrez Harrell thing being a player that fell out with Paul George, we've literally had the news this afternoon that they've given Paul George a huge extension. So it's like, you know, that maybe they're linked in some way. And obviously they're going to, if they've got two players falling out, they're obviously going to um, prefer Paul George and be on his side. Yeah, I think there's some mileage in that because the way, it's a weird swing with Paul George because they took that contract just, well, last off-season. It's not 12 months ago um, where they did the two plus one. And then he's kind of undone that a year later after a disappointing season. Yeah. Maybe it was just that amount of money he couldn't turn down. Um, I, it's an odd. I thought he would wait to see how this season went and then take because that contract would be there at the end of the season if he wanted it anyway. The Clippers just gave up all of their draft assets for the rest of time for him. The, with the, how big that contract is as well, though, is I mean, this as you said, this season just gone was a bit disappointing. Like it wasn't great. He wasn't good in the playoffs at all. Is, um, he was all right against Denver for a few games, and then he was disastrous when it mattered. Yeah. Um, is that if he doesn't bounce back well, well I, I, this is what maybe he's thinking of accepting the contract, is if he doesn't bounce back well this year, it's like maybe he's not even worth that contract anymore. Like he's not going to go and get that somewhere else. I mean, I don't think he would anyway because of... Um, bird rights and stuff but uh you know you know what i mean it's sort of yeah like i mean it, that, that for, considering the performance like his performance last year and in playoffs they're almost it's almost like verging on an overpay at this particular point um well they just why he accepted why he accepts it yeah, and also, it's a weird one. So I've seen some of the reactions to that contract is he had those two shoulder surgeries last off-season, so it's all like 18 months ago now, and it was while he was coming back from those. So there's two ways to look at that, though, isn't there? It's either he's fully recovered from those shoulder issues now and he'll be better, or it's this guy's had pretty major shoulder problems 
And since he hurt his shoulders, he's not been as good as he was in his last year in OKC when he was third in MVP voting. And it's they really need him. He can't be in the regular season last year. He was like fine, but he can't. He has to be like a top 15 player, doesn't he? Because basically when he arrived last winter, last summer, sorry, there was all this Kawhi and Paul George or LeBron and Anthony Davis. And so far it's been like those three are elite players. And then Paul George has been like, yeah, he's still probably an all-star. But like, you're not going to beat the Lakers. And you think really, unless you've got two players who are just really, really top tier. And Paul George is the question mark in Los Angeles at the moment. All the others are definitely that good. Yeah, there was also actually, um, I seem to remember last off season, a lot of people had the Clippers like as their favourites. They say Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were a, a better combo, which I guess is after Paul George, Paul George coming off his final year in OKC. But um, he's also not been at that level that consistently Paul George no like that like, what well, he's had like a couple of years in his career as he like won earlier in his career where he was been like that level like MVP contender but the rest of the time he's 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 good he's like a very good player but not quite on that same level yeah and I mean part of the reason that he's not and the same sort of goes for Kawhi is they're both not um like lead playmakers Whereas, like, obviously LeBron, but then Luca and James Harden as well. I mean, those are two of the highest usage rate guys ever. But the thing is with them is they play as your point guard, and that then allows you to put whatever the hell you want around them. The problem the Clippers have had, as much as the fact that their brains all, like, turned to cheese in the playoffs when the Nuggets started coming back, was they, they just don't really have any ball handling, and they haven't actually fixed that. That's the one thing I have with them this offseason is they still don't have a proper point guard. No, did they not get any? They got Luke Kennard, who can do like a little bit of ball handling, but that's not that's not a, what they needed. Um, and obviously there were the silly links with Westbrook and Chris Paul and stuff. That didn't really make sense because of how the money would have to work. And, I mean, a team already having issues with stars bedding in i don't know if just putting another big personality star in there was going to fix that i'm I'm not sure chris paul Kawhi, paul george and then other people is is a group that's going to necessarily work out well but they've not actually fixed the playmaking aspects of this team because their offense at times in the against the nuggets we talk about the nuggets the nuggets are not they're not a spectacular defensive team they were just a bit like just like throwing the ball around it wasn't like there's there's nothing really going on here. There was no one to actually initiate, um, and that's that's actually the kind of like what we're talking about with Paul George is that's often that's really the difference between him and Kawhi, and like some of the other. It's because they're wing forward players rather than guards. But then when you have got guys like LeBron and Luca who are the same size as them, but also are your point guard, that's where the real skill gap is. Yeah. Although Kawhi is on that level from, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but he's, he's scoring, I guess, just all-round scorer. Yeah, I guess, um, and obviously he's a way better defensive player than yeah, Luca. It's not exactly thing, the best comparison. That's the funny thing that of, um, 
something I also saw yesterday, I think, uh, on the athletic article I was reading. His, um, as his career's gone on, yeah, his usage rate has basically gone up each year. And as his usage rate has gone up, his, like, I can't remember what defensive metric it was. I, I, I don't even understand like how it works. But anyway, basically, this defensive metric was going down, like, every year. So, like, when he was, like, a rookie... It, he was I just a monster, wasn't he? metrics where it's, like, zero is, like, average. And it's, like, when he was a rookie, he was, like, four and a half or something, which is, like, ridiculous. Or, like, you know, the first couple of years, it was that. And last year, he was, like, 0.8 or something. So, he's yeah. actually um, not as much of a factor defensively as you might think. Although, if that's a... Um, a regular season metric it's like Kawhi is the ultimate example of um you know regular season and postseason being completely different things like he's not going to play many games probably in, until uh we get like yeah well that that season. was so the base of their chemistry issues wasn't it i mean so there's been some great writing about this recently on on the the established clippers when these two arrived and they just did it their way. And like Kawhi and Paul George didn't really build relationships with their teammates and all this stuff. Um, and well, and we, I mean, it, we were saying this when we were watching it, weren't we? Is that this is like, like watching the playoffs with the Clippers games is like this. We've not seen this before. These are like lineups that haven't been on the floor together, like ever, hardly. Yeah, and but we're back there again. Like Harold's gone. Even the smaller yeah. piece like Shamit is now left. I think um, that's just the thing with Kawhi, though, isn't it? Is with the load management, it's like that's going to be the case every year. Well, Kawhi. they had injuries along the way last year as well, which made that worse because Beverly yeah. was injured and Paul George was in and out. Is when you've got two. So where you remember when they had like they'd have back to backs in consecutive midweeks or like two Wednesday Thursdays or something in a row, and Paul George and Kawhi would not play together. In yeah. any of those games, they'd like rest alternately, which is so that you get you've got your best chance of winning, sort of. But like the downside is your best players aren't on the court together, and you don't ever get to run out your supposedly like postseason five minutes to go two point game lineup. You don't even get they just don't see each other. They're not in the same arena. Like that's that's a problem. Um, and whereas last year we were always in this, yeah, well we've got to see it with them. They then didn't show it to us. They've now changed some of the components. They've changed the coach. They've given Paul George this huge contract. And we're still just like, well, everyone said you were amazing 18 months ago. So far, you've proved to us that as a team, you're not amazing. You're quite good. Best season in Clippers history last year, basically. The two seed and get knocked out in the seventh game in the second round. That's as far as they've ever got. But I mean... That's a affairs, I suppose, for them. Um, Yeah. But they didn't trade for Paul George for and sign Kawhi to get that, did they? If that happens again, then chaos. I I feel, I feel like they're not going to get the two seed this year, but may well do better in the playoffs. Basically, because they they're just not going to try that hard. And well, I mean, obviously, well, obviously the players are going to try, but they're not because Kawhi is not going to play in the regular season. It's like they're never going to be at full strength. So I don't know. I but I think you, yeah. It's again. It's like you almost can't judge them until the playoffs, which is like however many months away. Again, like nine months again or so. 
probably um which is quite ridiculous and also not great for trying to analyze them because it's like even when the season starts we're not going to know any more about like i how they're going to do but i'd even say on what you've just said i i agree because their main move was sixth man of the year out Sergio Bakker in and Montrez Harrell defensive liability but he works his nuts off in every game he plays and fights for everything and is just and will score and is a good finisher at the rim and they run pick and roll and then get points when they need to he's a great player in the regular season he's going to average 18 a game Abaka's not going to do that but he's definitely going to be a better playoff player than well than the Harrell they had after his grandmother had passed and everything that was going on with the Clippers but maybe just better than Harrell in the playoffs full stop yeah I think so but again, like the playoffs are a long way off. Like we got, there's we're gonna have to try and make some sort of judgment on them when when they play the Lakers and when they play the other best teams of the league. Yeah. But then we did that last season and they beat yeah. the Lakers more than the Lakers beat them. So you just shrug, just like a complete shrug at them at the moment. I don't is, know. They're the they're the second best team in the West because they have Kawhi and Paul George. Um but also, would it surprise me if they were the sixth seed? Not really. Basically, by getting Kawhi and the whole like thing is, they just it's just going to be about can they just turn it on? Well, they, the mainly Kawhi, I guess. Kawhi and if Paul George, well, because Kawhi was good in the playoffs. If Kawhi can turn it on like he usually does in the playoffs, and George can manage to not be bad, um, that's basically the question every year. It's just like. That's going to be it. When those those two on that Clippers team is just going to be, can they turn it on the playoffs? That's it. If they can, they have the playoffs. I think they should be like one of the best teams. I think they still need to build some sort of chemistry, though. I think they still have to both on the court and deal with some of this like tension in the locker room. If um, if there's Paul George is out a lot as well, it doesn't help. I think basically you need. If Paul George can manage to play like a lot of regular season games, well, I don't know. They do. Do you know if they do like load management with him? As much? They were last year. Yeah. I don't know what that'll be like this year. We will see. Um, yeah, because I mean, the Raptors did it, didn't they? Kawhi. Well, I guess he played quite. I well, that, played a bit. That's that's where the still... leadership huge though. That's yeah. Kyle Lowry and Backer and and I guess Gasol when he arrived to a degree. Um, Ty Lue has got to do something there because the reports about how they've been is like it's nothing outrageous you've not got people punching each other in the locker rooms and all that nonsense like we've heard but you've got to have some sort of relationship between your players and not this kind of like almost jealousy the reporting is is where like some of the role players look at Paul George and like no you're not that good why are you getting all this special treatment why do you get to choose when we practice and when you're going to have days off so that somewhere that stuff's got to be addressed because the West, there's just good teams in the West. Like I, th- I think they are, their roster is better than everyone's apart from the Lakers. Um, but if they get the nuggets in the series tomorrow, like I'm like, putting loads of money on the Clippers to win that. Yeah. Mentioning nuggets. I think we should move on as um, we spent a while on the LA teams there. And I think we should move on to the nuggets as the, um, Western Conference finalists. 
um, and they they should be good basically shouldn't they I I really like the Nuggets and um, basically Michael Porter Jr. is going to be playing a lot of minutes you'd expect with Jeremy well that's Grant the big gone. thing isn't it yeah and it's basically that is the big thing it's like how good can he be one and can he become a defender because if he can become a defender it's like they, they well I'm not sure it's that yeah can he guard anyone can he yeah. stay in front of anyone because like, he can rebound because if he can be a he's a great rebounder and it's like they can actually like for like big chunks of minutes have like Murray, Jokic and um, Porter on the floor um, like they're going to score a thousand yeah. points a night yeah if, basically if he can defend well enough to be able to play like big chunks of minutes in the playoffs against really good teams it's like yeah, they they could win the championship, I think. And Bol Bol, I mean, it, it was done last year, but Bol Bol is, you know, there's the excitement every year about players yeah. that are just sort of, that end up like not playing at all. And he had this a bit last year, but he is sort of expected they, they that just, he's going to have some more minutes. They signed him to a contract as well, I think, didn't they? Because he was a second round pick. So yeah, I think and, and his you, rookie contract you just, just like would have just expired. So they just signed him to another like, it's like two year deal on like like four million? I might be completely wrong. It's either four million or like four million a year. Something like that. So like really cheap. Um and well, I guess for just like a, a back end of the bench player that he basically was last year, that's I guess it's not particularly exceptional, but there's just there's so much upside. I remember saying this, we're talking about this when both they were they were different years, were they? were Bol Bol and Michael Porter different years? I think they were, weren't they? Yeah. They were, yeah. But I'm just saying this, like both of them, is like they've clearly had a strategy of, even though they were quite good, so they didn't have really high picks. They picked up both of these guys who, basically, had only dropped down because of injury problems, like actually pretty bad injury problems. So it's like, okay, this might not work out. But also, it's like if they hadn't had those injuries, they were both like potential like top five picks, weren't they? And particularly Porter, but like. Yeah, I mean, the, the upside is so cool. I think it's the, the funnest thing to do because loads of contenders, you see when they've got their, like... Well, Bolbo was actually a second rounder in the end, but Porter was bottom of the lottery, wasn't he? And it was like... Um, teams in that situation, like, yeah, we're trying to be good. We're, trying to be, we're not going to go for the upside because, you know, we've got some good players. And then they just get this player that's like, just, he never gets more than an eighth man. Yeah. Just he's just like, way... He, like, he, a, a he's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, a defender because who he's they're so, trying yeah. to get to shoot, yeah. or a shooter they're yeah. trying to get to defend, and it's because like rubbish. Like you don't, yeah. It's like you don't even know if he's gonna be able to shoot. So it's like, yeah, we know he can defend. He can just be at the back of our bench, and then often they just don't learn to shoot, and it's just he's nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then if you go for these guys, and you just, I think we've spoke about this before, but the possibilities, and it, the, yeah, the chance of it happening is low. Maybe Porter's back goes, and his career is done in a few years but also also what if it's not like what if you actually do have murray porter and Jokic, and like they're all in the mid their well, and then, low and then, to mid 20s like and, and, well and then what if bol bol like manages to like fulfill some of that potential because he is yeah he, i think the thing is he's one of these players that's like he's basically like just a 
like a freakish player, isn't he? I mean, well, he's obviously ridiculously tall. But he's like ridiculously tall, and I think has like like can shoot, and I think he can dribble a bit. It's like, well, you see some of those clips from him the other day. In just like a scrimmage, and he's just there, like taking people off the dribble and shooting over them. It's just yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's, like, it's so much like fun. A unicorn, I guess, is what they call it, isn't it? It's like, even if he's not that good, it's entertaining. And then if he does manage to be a bit good, it's like because of just how unique he is, it's like it's like a potentially a good generational sort of player. I mean, it's probably just so of, much fun. Probably sounds better at the top for someone who's hardly played any minutes, but that's like. I mean, I, I don't think it's that ridiculous to say. Though what we're just saying is like this guy's is he seven foot three or is he bigger? I mean, yeah, I think he's around that. I think he's like seven foot three. But he's like seven three, seven four, and he's actually he can actually move. He's going to block a million shots if he if, if he can stay on the court. He can dribble it, and he can actually shoot the three at like a decent, decent release as well. It's like it's not insane. That player, if you just describe that player, it's like well, it sounds like you've made him on a yeah. video game for a start. Say he could be generational. It's like yeah, it sounds like a leap for a second round pick. But also, like if that comes together somehow, it's just ridiculous. What do you do? Yeah, he, he, as well, if you put him with, um, you know, Mari Jokic Porter as well. I guess he's. He's not going to need to touch the ball much. No, be like a it's... defender, which they need. They like badly need defenders because that's the one thing. Um, and just like catch Murray. Feet. Murray improved though. I was impressed with Murray defensively in the in the playoffs. Yeah, it, impressed is a bit strong. I think relative to his reputation though, his reputation is like someone who both doesn't try and isn't good defensively. Yeah, although that, he worked incredibly hard. Obviously, his reputation has improved quite a lot from those playoffs. So it's like... The, I not de- feel not like, defensively, though. I was no, talking about his defensive reputation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in general, though, his reputation obviously has gone through the roof. And it's... That's the thing is this season of not just Porter, but if he can... What he can be? Because it's like that that sort of player that we saw in the playoffs is like always like he's just like one of like one of the top like top few guards in the league like absolutely ridiculous it's like I mean you won't, probably won't expect him to be quite that good but you know it's uh, it's quite exciting um, yeah sorry I just froze for a second there I think um, I I th- the thing with Denver is is always going to be about them defensively, and losing Jeremy Grant is a blow. They got Jermichael Green though, who will help. Um, and they they also and uh, Gary Will Barton is back is going to be playing, yeah. which is big for them. That's a big one. And they also extended um, Millsap, didn't they? I think. Yeah, so I think it's not um, it's not unreasonable. To, they always seem to be getting written off. And this time, like Jeremy Grant getting disappearing seems to be like, I've seen quite a few people who've dropped them like way into the pack in the West. After what we saw in the playoffs, they're still very much... Well, with... I think. Um, so I think we just had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. So I don't think I clap. But, you, but you're essentially saying they're not in, they're at the top of the pack. 
Yeah, basically it's Lakers, Gap, and they've got to be with the Clippers. You can't have them after what those teams have done this yeah. offseason and how their series went not very long ago. Neither of them changed drastically enough yeah. to say the Clippers are far ahead. Okay. And yeah. I know the Clippers had a meltdown, but... Yeah, I, that, I think they're the team that I think may get the second seed this year. I think that yeah. My, that's my prediction. Um, but we... Maybe we even on. first. We should move on Maybe as there first. are many teams... And we've probably got about, about got about fifteen minutes left. Um, All right, quick hits, quick hits on the next few because they're not as good, basically. Yeah, although some of them are good. Okay, who's your fourth team? Your who's your pick to be? Who's your fourth favorite? Not not regular season standings, but if you had to rank teams in the West, who's your fourth oh. favorite to make their finals? Oh. That is difficult. I'm actually, I'm actually over the Phoenix Suns. That's not as mental as it would have been like twelve months ago, or even six. Six months ago, you would get or, or you would even, get locked away from a like pick one. Yeah, it, despite their bubble performance, but I mean, they're they're on the up, aren't they? They didn't they did they win every game in the bubble or something? Yep, eight and zero, oh. and then trade for Chris Paul. So it's like. All good, all good stuff, really. And um, I mean, Aiton is like was actually good last year as well, wasn't he? They made nice moves around the edges as well. Aiton yeah. came on as a defender. Devin Booker um, was brilliant. Chris Paul, if he can stay healthy again, and he he's a vegan now, so it'll be fine. <laughs> um, and they got Jay Crowder, and they extend they kept hold of Dario Saric, which I thought is a nice little thing to bolster their front court. And um, Bridges, uh, yeah. it's Mikel Bridges. I'm going to double check. Mikel Bridges is their one, I think, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, and Mikel Bridges is like one of the best defensive players in the league all of a sudden. Yeah, they've basically so, got I mean, a lot of nice, like, 3 and D wings, which is a staple, really, as well as the, the two-star guards. And then a center who could potentially be really good. Have they actually did... Have they got Aaron Baines? Or is he... No, no. no. He went to he was Toronto. There was he there last He was there at Toronto. Yeah, they had to let him go to get um, Chris Paul's salary in. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, they're... Um, they're going to be an, an interesting one because, obviously, they are... They usually just manage to make stuff go wrong. They're one of those teams that's just... Stuff just... Bad stuff happens and then they're bad. Um, but feel like they actually have a chance this year to, to be less bad i guess yeah but this is where the windows are huge and so we're going to do a couple more teams quickly i think but the this is where like the top three definitely will make in the playoffs probably the top three seeds then there's this group from yeah four who is whoever you want it to be down to like 14 pretty much and it's like you can tell me those teams finish in any order. Yeah, like I, I, Phoenix, I think are going to make the playoffs and could still, well be a top four team. But... Still, maybe some tears in that because I think I'd put the Jazz and the Mavericks next. Jazz, Mavericks, and Suns is like the next three. I think. Yeah. I... The Jazz are an interesting one, aren't they? Because they're just sort of always there or thereabouts. Yeah. It feels like they should be... Yeah, 
this is vulnerable. The chat, but they're never it? they're never that vulnerable, are they? They they always end up four or five solid. to six or whatever. Just solid. The thing is with the Jazz though, is um they are essentially in a position where they're all in. Like, and it's not that good. And they're not it's, that good. So <laughs> they're not going to probably. I'd agree with you. We keep jumping, uh, well, I keep jumping, really, between talking about the regular season standings and the, and the um, chance of getting to the finals. If we go back to, like, the chance of making the NBA finals is Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets tied, and then I have the next group. That's where the Jazz aren't there. Even though I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they've got like almost a zero percent chance of making the finals. But then there's other teams like, like the Warriors or the Rockets, for instance, who could miss the playoffs but also could win the championship. Yeah, well, just maybe, because of like, well, if James Harden stays, although if I, James Harden not stays, really got team to, time to talk that much about the trade. Um, if James Harden stays in Houston, it looks like they've actually got a, the decent supporting cast. I quite look of it anyway, and um, and then the Warriors is like, can Steph Curry just do do stupid stuff all year? Well, Andrea yeah, what if, come back? What if they yeah. just run the like? Let's do a, let's do a quick couple of minutes on the Warriors then, because the stuff that's changed. Like, if Draymond Green can be close to defensive player of the year sort of level again, James Wiseman gets healthy and he's the athletic shot blocking center, protects the paint, and then they've just got these wings you can run. They can run the floor with Wiggins and Oubre yeah. and they both shoot the ball better than they ever have because of the spacing. And Steph Curry is just yeah. the Steph Curry that everyone expects. And then they've got some nice bench pieces. Um, Wanamaker and Bazemore, a nice guard depth. Um, and then obviously Kevon Looney and Eric Pasco as well. Like, It's Beyond just how way, good do you think, think it's, it's not how good is it. Steph Curry though? But like, how good is how good can Steph Curry be is the thing. If yeah. he can be like MVP Steph, it's not impossible that they get to the playoffs and it's just like, okay, he keeps shooting over me. He keeps shooting over me from off court. And yeah, so, okay, this fine. Because he's not really had... Like, although I guess last year was meant to be that, where he's like the main focal point, like complete focal point on him. Although he's always the centre of everything, but where he's like on him to carry the team, basically, um, rather than facilitate like this amazing system they have. He's not really had a full season of doing that for a long time has he so his um his highest ever usage rate would have put him i think ninth in usage rate last season he's going to have to have a way higher usage rate this year with no clay because that's the other thing is he's not played without clay for a prolonged period like in recent history um is basically he's he's only taken over 20 shots per game once in his career he's gonna have to take way more than that and it's like, well, can his body cope with it as well? He's into his 30s now. He's played a lot of minutes. But who knows? I mean, the upside of that is like, well, they've got Steph Curry and at least competent players around him. Maybe it's just amazing. Maybe it's just he puts on this show. What about Portland? Where do you have Portland? Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about Portland. I always just kind of forget that they're, they're there, they're unfortunately. Like, I feel like they're not going to... I guess with the... That basically what talking about the Warriors what they need from Curry is, ba- is basically what Lillard's been doing for the last few years anyway um, yeah where it's just where you know just start hitting stupid shots in big moments all the time and scoring like 30 points a night 
uh, and that's uh, basically that that is seems to be what the trailblazers like always are although they well, then they're, they're not going to defend much no <laughs> they've got although, covington which will help covington's yeah. a nice pickup yeah that that is yeah that's potentially really big for them as well because weren't they before they were having to play like two centers as well weren't they to try and just oh yeah completely terrible defensively whereas i think they're not going to be doing that now they don't um so yeah i don't know i but they they're just not really exciting i don't think i feel they've uh, they got cancer be... i forgot about that yeah they picked up cancer as well and harry giles who's another athletic big um I yeah. think they'll be in the mix. I like I I I'm higher on their upside than I am with Utah, for instance. I think Utah are basically just like they might make the second round is basically as good yeah, as it gets. Most of Utah's players as well are sort of like are pretty old, aren't they? It's like most of them are gonna be I've probably getting worse or And we know what they are. Anything. That's the thing, is where we've said with loads of these teams is like the Warriors, this huge range of outcomes, the Rockets, who the hell knows what's going to happen tomorrow with that franchise right now. Um, but Utah is like, yeah, we know who these players are. We know what this team is. We know what the coach is. They're going to, I'd say of all the Western Conference teams, they're the team I'm fourth most confident in to make the playoffs, but they're like down in like eighth or ninth to make the finals. The the Trailblazers? No, the Jazz. The, the Jazz. Jazz. Okay. So I I think it's like almost guaranteed they make the playoffs, but like I would not put any money on them at any price to win the finals to make the yeah. finals. Sorry, I I think I'm I feel like I I agree with that, but I think the Trailblazers are similar, maybe slightly more upside, but I feel like they're in a similar position where no, nah, they're, not, they're th- not winning it. They've got yeah, they're probably not, but they've got their best player is considerably better than utah's best player yeah and we we just there's a chance that like they're competitive in a series well they made the conference finals and it wasn't all on day and mccullum was really good as well but they've just got that like that another and it's just that next level talent i don't i can't really think of a better word for that but those just like really top guys there's a chance you're in a really tight series and he just scores 45 on you and that like you said with with them as well is these guys that can shoot from so far out and just do stupid stuff they could do it against anyone like fine put Kawhi on him he might just start hitting threes over him over and over again yeah um so just to finish off what are the the rest of the teams you'd say that are like gonna be in the playoffs gonna be Oh, that's uh, well. Yeah, Dallas. Obviously, I think yeah. Porzingis's health is obviously the massive question there, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, Josh Richardson was a nice pickup for them. Gave them a bit more, a bit less shooting, but more defense, which is useful because they didn't defend basically last season. They just thought that wasn't a nice idea. Um, and, and the Pelicans. Yeah, who knows? Pelicans. Well, we just finish off a bit a bit on the pelicans and i'm i don't know i'm not too confident to be honest partly because of the well they've lost um holiday true holiday and got eric bledsoe in return 
who is not a great shooter, is he? I don't think. Um, no. So it's like, I mean, Lonzo Ball's going to be playing. I guess a lot of times I'll have Reddick with him, so that's fine. But I don't know. I just, I just imagine the, the I'm lineup not, of like. I'm not liking their spacing. Stephen Adams, Zion, Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball. And there, and it's like, so you've got two guys in the paint, two point guards that can't shoot that well. And then like Brandon Ingram, I guess. So point. I am, um, yeah, I, I listened to the low post the other day and Zach Lowe said, I haven't heard what David Griffin said, but he said that David Griffin made it sound like that's their starting lineup. And it's like, well, okay. Um, how? I, I don't really know what, like Lonzo, his shooting percentage has been all right and stuff, but you're still not like that convinced of him as a shooter and there's the problems with his free throw shooting and it yeah the limitations to his game are obvious Bledsoe's he's going to be a good defensive backcourt brilliant defensive backcourt again um and they're going to get loads of offensive rebounds and batter people and stuff but it's I don't know it's not gonna be pretty is it that no although a, a full year of Zion well um, that's the question though isn't it is is there a full year of Zion yeah, one. How many is, games is he? Is he going to play a full year? And if he's not, then it's like that's a bit, a bit worrying already. Really, it's like already injury prone. Um, Where would you put the over under on games for Zion in a seventy-two game season? Lots of back to backs as well. Um, fifty-five. Yeah, I was thinking around there. I, I would find it hard to pick either side on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like... I mean, you hope he can improve more and stuff and uh, in his second year. They're going to have to run, aren't they? They've just got to play, like, yeah. the fastest pace in the league. Just run and run. Whenever they, they stop the other team, they're going to need turnovers and to just run and throw lobs. And um, just try and get points that way because in the half court it's going to be, it's going to be like the Sixers last season, but maybe even worse. Yeah, I just don't get why they'd go with that starting lineup. To be honest, if that is actually what they do, because they who do you got... bench though? Bledsoe. But they they're paying him. They're oh, yeah, paying but, him. Oh yeah, the money. Box gave him that loads that huge contract, didn't they? I forgot about that. Yeah, and I mean, how's he going to deal with being told you're on the bench? That's the other thing uh, there. Yeah, I guess. I guess the thing they've just mucked up, haven't they? A bit. They've got shooters on the bench, haven't they? Hart and Reddick, yeah. So it's like no shooting, and then when the bench unit comes on, it's like... Some shooting, at least. Shoot- well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, should we wrap up there? Because I think we're about out of time and um yeah yeah let's wrap up we will hopefully go again before the season starts yeah which is in like just under two weeks isn't it 12 days until the first game of the nba season yeah and then, and then the christmas day games almost immediately yeah the good stuff yeah so i hope that you enjoyed this if anyone's still listening at this point um and yeah yeah subscribe itunes spotify 
uh, wherever do people go anywhere else? It's not iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts now. Uh, but wherever else people get their podcasts, I guess. Yeah, I'm checking the website as well. I might as well. Yeah, well, go on. See ya. Bye.